0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Barnes University Radio. Topics of the day, we're going to be talking about coach of the year candidates and the narratives that have been surrounded with this Tennessee Titans team in general and obviously how it applies to a coach of the year candidate in Mike Vrabel. We're going to be talking about a blog post and article that I'm going to be releasing on Saturday, January eighth, two thousand twenty-two. It's going to include the two thousand twenty-two quarterback class. I have them ranked. I have their pro comparisons. You guys are going to love it. We're going to talk briefly about that um, and kind of kind of give you know uh, synopsises of each quarterback in my top. Five at least. Um, So we're going to start it off with the coach of the year candidates. Um, I'm not going to go past two or three guys because it's really not even worth it at this point. Um, Off the top of my head, I know that Matt LaFleur is um, someone that is highly respected around the league. He has three straight years astronomical winning um, rate. Um, Then you got Zach Taylor. Um, There in Cincinnati, then obviously here in this Nashville area, we're rooting for Mike Vrabel. Um, I mean, if you look at what he's done, um, injuries aside, um, he's been a coach that is a teacher. Um, He hired a staff that teach Um, that teaches their players and I feel like that's kind of an underrated thing because you know I'm always gonna look at things from the perspective of of how I you know view football and some of the stuff that I'm passionate about so in years past being you know pretty much a Titans fan for so long Titans supporter for so long um it would it it made me have to refine my evaluation process so much that I would have to find NFL ready players and leave nothing up to chance because the coaching staffs that were present may or may not develop that talent. Now, John Robinson has has had, you know, an above average tenure as the general manager of the Tennessee Titans. Uh, 2019 knocked it out the park every other draft you can argue it's been 50 50 or below um, but any other coach with the talent that that you know John Robinson had had been drafting especially before you know that 19 amazing acquisition um, run You know, a lot of the coaches wouldn't have been able to even develop the talent or get as much as you can out of them or even collectively mask certain weaknesses. What Mike Vrabel and company have done um, is no matter who is out there, um, they have a plan in place that kind of just either masks a weakness or they've developed the talent. To be, you know, serviceable, you know, take Chris Jackson, for example, one of my lowest ranked cornerbacks coming out of the 2020 draft. Um, But he's he's able to be serviceable now. Will a team expose that from every now and again? Sure. But it happens at a lesser rate. Um, You look at other people like Nick Westbrook or and that's something that, you know, you definitely credit the scouting staff. But usually these players don't stick around in the n f l um as long as these players have in terms or on a team um because the turnover like the patience for these t- these players usually run runs very thin, but you know even the character of these players that that's a shout out to the um uh scouting department as well, but it just seems like you know, John Robinson can do no wrong because the coaching staff makes the decision right, if that makes sense. I know that's a a lot of talk. It's a lot of me trying to express what I'm trying to say, but I feel like you guys get it. This guy, you know, John Robinson is buying the groceries. Mike Vrabel is cooking it. He's making meals. He's making cuisine, you know, so I think it's just very impressive what he's done. I think, you know, I'm not sure if I said this in the podcast that I created, I think, two years ago when I said that, um, Mike, Mike Vrabel's style, um, is a style that appreciates because it is an investment. It's a seed of investment because it's not just, um, you know, fly by night, flash in a pan, um, non-sustainable um presentation or it's not dramatic, it's not, you know, an act. It's it's um it's a it's a tried and true um example of coaching because it, the foundation of it is caring. The 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 foundation of it is poised. The foundation of it is being a teacher and over time you start to teach, teach, teach 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 impute knowledge that you've gained over the years and you do it in a poised, controlled, consistent manner, you start to develop a team that's that is full of players that are very similar rather than being a coach who is either robotic or dramatic or a character or, you know, detached. That isn't sustainable because the the kind of the homeostasis or the ecosystem of the team is too sporadic. There is no um, even keel um, approach to that team. So, I, I mean, I, I saw this a couple of years ago. I don't know if it was coach of the year. I'm not going to claim that. I don't know if I claim that, but in terms of what a lot of people are talking about the current day, I've already said it now. This has to be said during the hiring process. I was a big Frank Reich guy. Um, he's a great teacher as well. Now I'm not. I don't. I'm not. I haven't went step by step into who Frank brought with him as far as his team. I know that uh, Matt Eberflus was already like kind of picked to be matched with uh, Josh McDaniel's. McDaniel's never came over, so it was just you know Reich with Eberflus. Um, you know, off-bat, you know, he didn't really get to pick him. But at the end of the day, I like Matt Wright. I mean, I I like Frank Wright because for the same reason off-defensively, Mike Vrabel is who he is. Offensively, Frank Wright was that to me when just listening to him, how he teaches about the quarterback position and this, that, and the third. And then with Vrabel, you don't necessarily get to hear those tidbits, but you but you see it over time, um, so I think either way, the Tennessee Titans would have reached a certain pinnacle with either coach, but you know, we are certainly glad that we got Mike rabel, so congratulations to even be in consideration so um with that being said, let's talk about um the draft um. But I did want to say one thing in closing about that. Now, a a significant and repetitive narrative that's been talked about is the 90, almost 90 players being used, okay? Right? You know, that's being highlighted as a reason. So with that being said, are we at the point to where if there is injuries moving forward and and they fall or lose because of a significant injury to a player okay are we past the point to where it's it's not the it's not a crutch if it occurs if if there's 90 players and you have to use 91 and it's because of a significant injury to a star what is the narrative then is it oh you've done it all year so you know what I'm saying? It'll be very weird to say that if they lose in the playoffs and it's in the narrative will be, oh, they lost because so-and-so was hurt, but they, they won games all year when Derrick Henry was hurt. So all because of one player gets hurt. Now there's an excuse. All it's because it's timing. All is because it's this. So it's, it, it puts yourself in a in a in a tough position, you can you know, you kind of roll with the pu- punches. Facts are the facts, you know. Lots of injuries, lots of turnover this year. Facts are the facts. You roll with the punches, but at the end of the day, if you win, you win in spite of it. If you lose, um, it's it can't be a clutch, so a, a crutch I should say. So anyway, moving to the quarterback. Uh, of the tw- the quarterbacks of the 2022 NFL draft. Um by the time you guys probably hear this podcast, I will probably already have released the pot, uh um uh, the uh, article on my blog. So top 5 quarterbacks, Malik Willis out of Liberty is one for me. Two is going to be Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh. Three, Matt Corral, Ole Miss. Four, it's going to be Carson Strong, Nevada. Five, it's going to be Bailey Zappi out of Western Kentucky. Six, oh, y'all don't get to get six. Yeah, I don't get to get six. Yeah, I, get, yeah, I gotta, yeah, I gotta read the article. Now I will have to say, four and five could be interchangeable for me personally. Um, so if you see it differently on the article or whatever, or it may be the same, don't hold me to it because um, you know we'll work backwards from here. I'll explain explain them backwards. Um, so for me with. Zappy and strong. It came down to understanding um, talent versus overall skill set versus level of comp. You know, we live in a world and we are observing a game that is ever evolving. And at the quarterback position, mobility has been used um, more and more for quarterbacks um, to be able to execute with an offensive system um, just by using what God gave them, athleticism, um, allowing them to get on the edge, allowing them to, to make plays, now Zappi and Strong, they don't necessarily have that ability. Strong, no pun intended, has a stronger arm. But Zappi is a little bit more athletic and can run. Um Zappi probably isn't known as as a, a strong arm quarterback in this draft class, but I think it's 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 stronger than people give him credit for. Um Level of comp, the way that defense is played, Zappi, is a bit different. They dropped pretty much eight people in coverage. That's kind of the offense that they ran there in Western Kentucky. He um, didn't see much pressure whatsoever. So that's going to be interesting to see moving forward. But these are two of the, in the top five, those last two players for me who are interchangeable where Zappi just seems like a, The type of player that I can see being a quarterback to learning the offense um, and being able to execute the offense at a high level with good pace. Um, Carson Strong will probably always be looked at to be a quarterback one just due to the stigma and the um, expectation. Um, I think he has a strong enough arm um, on all levels. He But he has no mobility whatsoever um so if you can get him in an offense that you know um obviously you know works towards his strengths with which is just you know pretty much opening up the playbook in terms of where he can throw the ball, but movement ability is not there, so it's just all about what you want and how you want want to get it done. Now I can you know, obviously with Zappy, you can see him moving and working through an offense, but he hasn't experienced pressure. Um, and you know, and I'm not going to question his arm strength just because he can't necessarily th- throw it with the velocity like Carson Strong can, especially vertically. Um, I still think you know it, it's it's closer than people think. And then at number three is Matt Corral out of Ole Miss who um positive you just see a very tough competitor. I mean he runs very tough for his size. Um he has probably the probably the best slant ball in this draft class on time, on rhythm. Um ball placement is great. I mean that is His throw, true and true, is the slant. Um, Now, driving and pushing the ball down the field is a concern for me. Um, I literally have to ask myself, like, if I need a a two-minute drill to win the game, how is this guy getting the ball down the field, like, pushing it? Is the deep throw accuracy going to be good enough? Um, I I just don't see it right now. Um, I do see a... um, a very athletic quarterback. Um, I shouldn't say very, but very, uh, but a very daring runner um, with good intermediate accuracy. Um, sometimes he lacks touch. His deep throw accuracy is very inconsistent. And the reason why he's at three is because it's a combination between his ability to run and his level of comp. And I feel like if you tweak a few things with his um, mechanics, it could improve accuracy, therefore making him more serviceable. And then athletic ability is obviously a big key because, in my opinion, improv and the ability to extend plays or have the option to is one of the best parts about evaluating quarterbacks in this very it's a very underrated aspect um of their ability so top two guys I already stated Kenny Pickett Malik Willis Willis is one Pickett is two um Willis in my opinion is is the outright quarterback one of this draft class he is the most high upside prospect you know he'd be top five and I've already thought about this and I and I looked at it he'd be top five in the past six years of the draft hell you could go back to seven eight nine probably all the way up and up until the Cam Newton draft he's he he'd be top five in the past ten draft class in my opinion. Malik Willis would will be top five in the past ten draft classes. Um, he's that talented in terms of just raw talent. Um, it, it's it's crazy that that he's not people's quarterback one in this draft class because there's nobody that unique in this draft class. I mean, it's my top 10. I mean, it's it's now I, with all due respect to these players and the work that they're going to put in. But, you know, I probably have graded the most undrafted, undrafted free agent grades I've ever given out to a quarterback class. Not many quarterbacks even have a draftable grade in this year's quarterback class. And for the most unique athlete, thrower of the football, to not be quarterback one, which I feel like over time, especially when you get them in shorts and, you know, they do the pro day and everybody's recording it and this guy's going to be ripping it. Of course, media and everybody else is going to come and say he's quarterback one. But I'm saying it right now, and I'm, I know that I'm not the only one. There's a few guys out there that believe that too. But he's hands down, the quarterback one. I mean, he's just too athletically gifted. I mean, this guy runs. A lot of people are going to compare him to Michael Vick, but I, he's not hes not quite Michael Vick. And I don't think he's quite Lamar Jackson, but he's somewhere close. Um, and then as far as a thrower, i I, I made the comment, Um, earlier, I was like, if Leonard Fournette could throw like Josh Allen, that's Malik Willis. I mean, just think about that. He's six foot. He's not quite as heavy as Fournette, but in terms of just, I was basically just alluding to the ability to run like a running back and then have Josh Allen's arm, which he does. He has a an absolute hose on him. You put on tape, he's throwing frozen ropes. He's planting seeds. I mean, this guy's just, you know, he is a great foundation to work with. You get him with the quarterback coach so that you get the mental side, you know, worked on, understanding coverage, understanding leverage within a defensive scheme. Um, getting his mechanics down pack which aren't as bad as some people may think. His accuracy isn't as bad as some people may think. Um, Getting his pocket awareness up and, you know, usually things like this. He seems to be a quick study. So it could be quick or it could be, you know, a one-year project. But I definitely think year two of his NFL career, he's going to be ready. And then, you, you know, Kenny Pickett, I feel like He's there strictly off of the fact that he's, he's the quarterback in this drive class who is consistently himself. And what I mean by that is you know exactly what you're going to be getting from Kenny Pickett. He is who he is. You know what you're getting. You're getting a guy that has played in big games. Um, he has a good, not great arm. He has some mobility to him. Um, he's going to compete, um, you know, you know what you're getting out of Kenny Pickett. So that that's what makes him a safe option in terms of his play style. You know what you're going to get. There's not any, you know, it, it. in my opinion, nothing necessarily wows me. Nothing was necessarily amazing about Kenny Pickett's game, but he could, if I needed if I need somebody to drive the ball down the field, he could do it. If I needed a quarterback that could run a little bit, he could do that. If I needed a quarterback to be in a spread system, he could do that. If I needed a quarterback to be under center, he could do that. Um, he just did a lot of the basic things that you need from a quarterback. So that just, you know, is a QB one like 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 is he is he mac jones is he you know um is he justin fields is he you know no he's not um but just because just because he is competent is the reason why he's quarterback too that says a lot about the rest of the class there's some there's some players that i think that i didn't um there's some players that i didn't mention Mention yet the six through ten that will be on the blog. Make sure you check out my page. It's going to be on the blog of, at bu underscore scouting um, on my Twitter, and then the blog is blog dot dot com, and it's going to have six through ten, and then it's going to have six through ten with pro comparisons. And then there's probably going to be another 11 through 20 in parentheses below it without the comps. But anyway, you know, there's some players that have six six through 10. I got maybe one or two players that have high upside. So this offseason and if they get in the right system around the right quarterback coaches and right football minds, then you're going to be in a situation where these guys, have meteoric rises because they just need to tweak a few things here and there, um, but my top five is more or less players that I can trust. I feel like I know who and what they are, and they can operate within the system um, um, effectively and consistently. Whatever they are, they are consistent at what they are, and uh, I feel good. At, I feel good with that. Um, now six through 10, there's some players that could pop up in the top five. And obviously this is the first wave in the first, um, rankings that I'm putting out. And it's definitely, I feel like it's going to change, but, um, I feel like last year it didn't change much, but this year I feel like with these type of quarterbacks that improvement can happen quickly for some, I feel like. There, there could be some climbers, but not much. Not by, not by much. Um, oh, actually, I don't know because there is one guy that I'm thinking if he gets one aspect of his game right, it's gonna be hard to keep him out of the top five, probably the top three. Um, and I'll and I'll allow you guys to see that in the blog. So. Twenty five minutes, guys. Thanks for tuning in. It's a it's been a late night. I'm actually doing this early morning and I mean early, early morning. So actually closer to midnight than it is like six a.m. Um, but, you know, such is life. Burner than midnight oil. All is well. Guys, take care. Thanks for listening all year. Draft season is upon us and I will see you on the next one.